Hello everyone. Welcome to Thus Said the Lord Online Radio. We're preaching and propagating Christ is our business. My name is Lazarus. I want to thank you for taking the time to join with us. Isn't God an awesome God? We want to thank him once again for this new year that we've just entered into a couple of days now. And for the grace of God that continues to carry us. As we are still in just a few days into the new year, I want to reiterate to you the importance of investing time in the word. Eat this word. That's what God told Ezekiel. And I want to encourage you, let us eat the word. You know, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more of the word you eat, the more of the word you partake of, the more of the word you um, ingest on the inside of you, the more of the faith will be built up. The devil is not afraid of someone who holds a Bible. Okay? He's not afraid of the Bible. He knows the Bible. He can even quote the Bible. But the devil is afraid of someone who has the Bible on the inside of him, on the inside of her. And that person is living out what that Bible says. Then you are a real and serious threat to the enemy. And what the devil does is his 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 his, his operations, he the way he operates is he uses fear, doubt, and unbelief. He's got so many of God's children trapped in fear, in unbelief. And that is why uh, most of us end up not being able to step out in faith. That is why most of us end up not being able to obey God and fulfilling the plan and purpose of God for our lives. Why? Because we are so afraid. Don't allow fear to cripple you. Don't miss God. Don't miss the plan and the purpose of God for your life simply because of fear. Don't allow fear to dictate to you. Don't allow fear to tell you what you can and what you can't do for God. The devil is a defeated foe. He relies on you to cooperate with him to do what he wants you to do and to, to distract you from doing what God wants you to do. But he's a defeated foe. So uh, we've read the scripture yesterday about the servant who was given the talent. I just felt impressed in my heart to actually just go a little bit deeper from there uh, because there's so much that we couldn't fit in, in just a 30-minute program. And I just want to continue from that in that um, the master considered the, the, this guy, the, you know, the, how he, he, he behaved himself and how he operated, that he was so cautious that, um, he missed God or he missed his, his master's purpose. And so many of us today are like that. You know, we are so cautious. And what is so interesting is that he said, this is criminal. It was a crime. He considered it to be a to be a, a, a criminal act. 
He said, it is terrible. It is a terrible way to live. How? By fear. When you're living by fear and you're dictated by fear, it's a terrible way to live. It's actually, it's, a, it's criminal to live cautiously like that. So it's a criminal offense to live in fear. According to God, it may not be a criminal offense according to the system of this world. Because the system of this world has embraced fear. But I've never seen anyone who has accomplished anything in this world who was controlled by fear. People that have accomplished great things, even in this world, had to overcome their fear. Until you learn to overcome fear, you will be crippled. You will be subjected to the dictates of this world. So the master said, it is criminal to live cautiously like that. It is criminal to be controlled by fear. It's so sad that many people miss the plan and the purpose of God for their lives because, because of fear. Fear and worry and all those things. Because what they do is they negate the word of God. Don't allow anything in your life that will push aside the word of God. The word should be the ultimate thing in your life. The word should be the final say. You know, we need to regard the word of God as such. The word needs to be the final say in our lives. So we should not be dictated by what the news media is saying. We should not be dictated by, you know, we should not make decisions based on what the stock market says. As much as it's, it's important for us to observe all those things, but we make decisions based on thus saith the Lord. Why? Because what the Lord says, listen to this, what the Lord says is of a greater significance than what any human being say. I don't care who that human being is. I don't care what position that human being holds. Nobody. The Bible says, let God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So it means God is the one who has the highest authority. Okay? God is the one who has the highest authority. So there's no one who can be uh, bigger than God. No one who can be um, uh, uh, greater than God. Okay? It stops with him. In Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, um, I'll just read from verse 1 and up to verse 4. It's verse 4 that I want to emphasize. Says, then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. Verse number three. True, some of them were unfaithful. But just because they were unfaithful, that does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. Okay? So, people, human beings, sometimes are unfaithful. Sometimes, you know, people are unfaithful or not necessarily unfaithful but untrue. Not because they choose to but because of the circumstances that they find themselves in. Let me give you an example. You promise someone that I'm going to come and see you. Um, 
in the next two days. Okay? And then you meant that. You didn't just make an empty promise. You meant to do that. But what actually happens is, on your way there, maybe you unfortunately get an accident, get involved in an accident. And you land up in hospital. Now, you didn't fulfill your promise. You promised your friend, your brother, your sister, whoever, that you're going to see him or her in the next two days. But you didn't make it. Okay? So that's understandable. Life happened. Something that was beyond your control had taken place. Anybody would understand that. But still, the fact of the matter is that you did not fulfill your promise. You're a human being. You are limited. I'm a human being. I am limited. But now, when it comes to God, and this is what makes the difference, if God promises something, there is nothing that will hinder or stop him from fulfilling that. There's no accident. There's, if God purpose on doing something, it is a done deal. There is no force of nature that can come against him. I mean, sometimes, um, remember on, on, U, on New Year's Eve, we had planned on doing some broadcasts, but we had such uh, huge thunderstorms that um, we had no electricity in our studio. You know, as much as we wanted to bring the broadcast and, you know, to, 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 to start the new year with a bang, uh, nature happened. <laughs> <laughs> and because nature happened, you know, we had to change plans. That's what happens. God is not subject to nature. He can change nature. He can change the laws and the forces of nature. So when God says something, that's why the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Okay, God cannot lie. When God purposes to do something, it is done. It is done. There's nothing that can stop him, that can prevent him from doing what he wants to do. You can stop him to do what he wants to do in your life because of unbelief, because of lack of faith. Yes, you can stop him in your life because he's given you the power of the will for you to will. He cannot override that will that he's given you. But God in himself is unlimited. God in himself is powerful. God in himself is beyond uh, any, any force of nature, anything that can try to come against him. There's nothing actually that can come against him. So when we walk with God, we walk with him you know, with that confidence. When we have that confidence that my God is an unlimited God, my God is a, is a covenant-keeping God, my God cannot lie. So you will have no room for fear because you know who your God is. And you know what he's capable of doing. You know what he's able to do. You know that if he tells you to do something, he will back you up. You don't have to live in fear. That is why Jesus said in the book of Matthew that do not worry about what you're going to eat. And I mean... Worry and fear is what is driving, it is the driving force in this world. 
That is what is pushing a lot of people to do what they do. I mean, if you have a look at now, and I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have a security system in place, but the security industry is one of the booming um, industry because a lot of people are in fear. Are in fear because of the level of crime there is in this world. I'm not saying that we should be careless and not take care of ourselves and you know all those things it's 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 important to to make sure that you are well secured but your trust and confidence must be in god let us not live our lives based on the fear that is being preached to us the system of the world preaches fear the system of god preaches faith the devil would want to have you uh, um crippled in fear because when you are crippled in fear, you will never jump out of the boat. And if you don't jump out of the boat, you will never experience, you will never have the, the walking on the water experience. You will not experience the greatness that God has in store for you. The things that God wants to do through you will not be able to take place. Why? Because of being crippled. If you think of the disciples that were crippled with fear in the boat, they never had the experience of walking on water because they were crippled by fear. Fear always cripples you. Remember when Jesus told the disciples who were going to the other side and what happened? They had a, 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 a major storm and they were filled with fear. And they began to cry to him. They said, Master, don't you care? Don't you care that you're going to perish? See, they're talking death now. Why? They are filled with fear. They forgot what the master said. The master said, let us go to the other side. That was enough evidence that they will get to the other side. Remember the spies? God told Moses to, to get 12 spies to go and check the land that God is giving them. It was not the land that he was probably going to give them, provided that the enemies were not too strong. No, no, no. He said, go and spy the land that I am giving you. It's a done deal. God is saying, I am giving you this land. So what they needed to do was to go there with confidence that we are going to spy, we're going to check the land that God is giving us. But what happened when they came back, 10 of, out of the 12 spies came back with a negative report. No, we can't. We can't. Why? They were afraid of what the people that they saw. They were intimidated by the people that they saw. They said, no, those guys are too big. You see, they allowed fear to get the best of them. And as a result, they missed the promised land. They missed out on what God had for them, what God wanted to give them. Let us not miss the best that God has for us. Let us not miss our promised land because of fear. If you are going to accomplish anything for God, you have to overcome fear. If you are going to become what God has called you to be, you've got to overcome fear. We've got to overcome fear. Let us not be controlled and ruled and trapped by fear. This man was trapped by fear. And unfortunately, he ended up in hell because of fear. That is the danger of it. You know, he was thrown into a a place where there's weeping and there's gnashing of teeth because of fear. God considered that to be a criminal offense when we are controlled 
by fear and we allow fear to help the last don't make your decision based on fear fear cripples you it cripples your faith and you cannot walk with god if you don't have faith now mark chapter 10 i want us to read the story of a young man who unfortunately allowed fear to cripple him and he missed every time you operate in fear you miss god that is the saddest part of it. You miss God. I don't want to miss God. You know, for me, the fact that I'm alive today is, is, is because of the grace of God. I have no doubt about it. I, I've had a number of occasions where I, I really um, came very, very, very close to death. And God preserved me. I believe that God preserved me because there's an assignment on my life. There's an assignment on your life. I don't know what your assignment is, but I know what God's assignment for me is. I know the assignment that God has given me. And he has given me the grace to live so that I could fulfill that assignment. I don't want to leave this world without having fulfilled the assignment that God has for me, without having fulfilled the plan and purpose of God for my life. I don't want to do that. I want to do the will of God for my life. And I thank God for his grace. I mean, in 2005, I was diagnosed with appendicitis. My appendix ruptured. Okay, it ruptured and I was rushed to hospital. The doctor who, who, who operated me, Dr. Adrian Rayford, was the doctor who operated me and he was shocked. He was shocked that I survived because my appendix had already ruptured. They say if the appendix rupture, you know, all the dirt in that appendix become a poison and it kills you. But, you know, my appendix ruptured and all the dirt was in my, in, in my system and yet I survived. It was a miracle. He was shocked that I survived. He said, you know, he'd never seen something like that. So it is the grace of God that preserved me. I was 21 years old by then. You know, um, I, I still had so much to do for God. And God gave me his grace. How could, how could I betray God like that? He had saved my life. He preserved me and prevented me from dying. From premature death. How could I betray him by not fulfilling the, 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 the exact reason why he kept me alive? I cannot do that. I cannot betray him. I, I, I am compelled to go. And to go for him. A few years ago in 2016, I was involved in a horrific accident. Even till today, four years, four and a half years, it's almost five years now. I, I still can't figure out how that accident, actually, I don't know how the accident happened. Okay, I, I don't even know um, the kind of vehicle that I collided with. And yet God preserved my life. You know, if you had to look at the vehicle, the condition of the vehicle, you wouldn't think that a human being would come out alive. You wouldn't think that a human being would come out, you know, in full. No bone broken, nothing missing, nothing broken, let alone alive. And yet I did. How could God save me? How could God, you know, protect me from such a horrific accident and I still betray him? It's because he's giving me an opportunity. He's giving me a chance to serve him, to fulfill his plan 
and his purpose for my life. That is the most important thing for me. There's nothing, nothing more important in my life than doing the plan of God, than doing what is pleasing and honorable to him, than, than fulfilling his purpose. He's been so gracious. He's been so merciful, so merciful and so patient with me. How can I betray him and allow fear to cripple me and say, Lord, I can't go because I'm afraid. When he had given me so much grace, when he'd given me so much time, when he'd given me, when he's shown me his mercy. And I believe that I'm not the only person. I'm not the only person. Many of you could, could give a similar testimony. It may not be with appendix. It may not be with a car accident. But many of you came so close to death and God preserved you. God protected you. God showed you his mercy and his grace and he was gracious to you and merciful to you. How could you betray him now? Say, Lord, I can't go because I'm afraid. Lord, I can't go because of this and because of that. We cannot afford to betray him. He's a, he's a gracious God. He's a good God. We cannot allow fear to have the last say in our lives. You cannot afford to allow fear to rule you and to control you. Let us learn to have our confidence in him. Let us learn to have our dependency. Let us, you see, the system of this world has taught us to depend on ourselves, to depend on money. Some people, you know, get freaked out when they don't have money. They must always have money on them. If they don't have money, then it's a problem. Yes, money answers all things. The Bible says that money answers all things. Yes, I agree with you. But money is not the source of life. You can live, the Bible says, you know, you can buy without money. Okay, as much as money is important, I agree with you, money is important, it's important, we need money. You know, uh, you cannot buy or have, um, be able to, 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 to get a service if you don't have money in itself. But you see, our dependence and our trust should not be on money, it should be on God. Because I can do so much with God on my side than I can with money without God. Bible says, you know, he, he owns a cattle of a thousand hills. God is never in lack. God never lacks resources. So when I have God, I have the resources that I need. But when you have money in itself and you don't have God, then you are poor. Then you're lacking everything. Don't be a poor money with a poor money. How could you be a poor money? Don't be a poor man with money. Don't be a poor woman with money. There are a lot of poor people that have a lot of money and yet they are poor. They are poor towards God. They are poor in their, in their relationship with God. It, it doesn't mean much in the purpose of God. In Isaiah chapter 55, it says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food? That does not give you strength. Why pay for food that does not that does you no good? Listen to me. You will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth, come into the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So come and buy without money and without price. Yes, money answers all things, but money is not everything. Money answers all all things but money is not everything the system of this world is teaching us that money is everything 
And that is why people, you know, run up and down and so busy going up and down and doing this and doing that. Yes, we all need money. But money is not everything you can buy without money. Money should never be our ultimate pursuit. As much as we need a lot of it, if we have a lot of money, we can be able to do so much for God. We can be able to feed the poor. We can be able to do this and do that. Okay? So I'm not saying that we don't need, I'm, I'm, we don't need money. I'm not saying, you know, trying to be spiritual here. For us to come on air to you like this, it needs costs money. But money is not everything. God is. God is everything. He's able to make those resources that are needed available. For what he wants done. Now, I, I want I want us to, to go quickly before we run out of time to Mark chapter 10. We have a look at this young man who failed, who missed God actually, because of money, because of fear. Some people are so fearful of being without money. I'd rather be without money. I'd rather be with God. And please don't misunderstand me. I'd rather be with God with no money than have money with no God. Because I can do so much with God even though I may not have money than I can when I have money and I don't have God. Listen to what it says. It says, verse 17, Mark 10, 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked, Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing that you haven't done. Watch this. Watch this. This man thought he was spiritual. This man thought he was on track. You know, I, 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 I would like to believe that when he came to Jesus, he was actually full of pride. Uh, that, you know, even Jesus can't tell me what to do because I've got all my ducks in a row. Okay. Uh, I've got it all together. I'm a spiritual man. You know, I've got it all set. Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, "There's only one thing that you need." I mean, this man was doing good. If we were to give to to, to give him marks, would give him, you know, ninety five percent. He's doing good, but his good is not enough. He's doing good is not enough. And Jesus said to him, "There's still one thing you haven't done." He told him, "said Go and sell your possessions and give money to the poor." Excuse me, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. See, the problem with this man was that he was possessed by his possessions. He actually did not possess this. These things possessed him. That is why he was not able to obey the Lord. That is why he was not able to do what the Lord told him to do. He was afraid. How am I going to live now? How are people going to look at me? They know me as the rich young ruler. They know me as someone who is fully loaded, who has all, you know, all the money. Now, how are people going to perceive me? What about the respect that people has, have for me because of the riches that I have? You know, how am I going to live? How am I going to pay 
for my food? How am I going to pay for my lodging? How am I going to do this? How am I going to? He was full of fear. Why? Fear of parting with his resources. Fear of parting with his riches. Because God told him, the Lord told him, sell everything. Just imagine you have succeeded in your business. You're doing well. Maybe it's you're in the property industry or you're in the uh, retail sector or you're in the oil industry. Whatever industry that you're in, you, you, you've done well for yourself. Maybe you've been, you know, in, in your business for, for many, many, many years, 20, 30, 40 years. You've invested so much. We know that the first few years of, of business, of any business, of most businesses are difficult. As a matter of fact, they say the first 1,000 days of a business are the hardest. So we know that starting a business from scratch is difficult. It's hard. We don't know how much effort this young man has put. And the fact that he's a young man and he's already um, uh, made it, you know, it's, it's, it says something quite, quite a lot about him. We don't know. Maybe he, 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 he was an inheritance from his, his parents. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is he's young and he's doing well financially. And God came and required everything from him. Everything. He required everything. Put yourself in his situation. If God were to come and require everything from you. Maybe you've done well for yourself. You may not be in business. Maybe you, 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 you've done well academically. You've landed yourself a good job. Managed to buy one, two, three properties for yourself. You're doing pretty well. You've got money in your bank account. And God comes and demands everything. Everything means everything. God said to him, he said, sell everything. Sell all your possessions. After selling everything, after selling all that you possess, <laughs> sell your houses, sell your businesses, sell your cars, take the money, give to the poor, and come and become homeless. Come and follow me. That was a hard thing. It, it really was hard. I wonder how many of us would do that. When we read this, we, we think just this young man was, you know, he missed God. And But put yourself in his situation. Now you begin to, to, to see it differently. This man was rich. He was rich. And he found it difficult. Why? Because fear had him trapped. Don't allow fear to have you trapped. Fear can cripple you. And it can have you trapped. Father, we bless you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your loving kindness. We don't want to be trapped by this fear. We want to overcome it, Lord. We see how that the young man got trapped in fear. Yes, what you required of him was too, too much to ask in the natural. But we know that you are a covenant-keeping God. You watch over your word to perform it. And that we can depend on you. What the man didn't realize is that you had even something greater than what he had. But fear got the best of him. Lord, help us not to operate in fear. In this new year, Lord, we want to go for God. We want to experience your greatness. We want to experience your power. We want to experience the best that you have in store for us. But we know that it cannot take place if we are full of fear, operating in fear. We bless you. Lord, we honor you. You are a covenant-keeping God. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your integrity. We bless you. 
and we honor you. Help us to overcome fear. Help us, Lord, not to allow the system of this world to squeeze us into its mold, but that we will stand firm on the promises of your word, knowing that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond what we ask, what we think, and what we desire. Bless you, my God, and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray.